Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome in episode 100 of the 1717 Podcast. Ooh. Yeah, we're at 100. Dang. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen and joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today, man? I am doing great. Yeah, good, good time. Uh, went deer hunting yesterday. So yesterday was opening day of deer season and took Micaiah with me. And uh, she's, she's my fun little hunter, but she got cold. And I really think she was bored because you've been hunting with me. I have been. Yeah. And, and you've been cold. Yes. But if I had you set up like she was set up, you wouldn't be cold. <laughs> because this little, this little monkey had the heater. Yep. She had a wool army blanket. She had a fleece blanket. She had a Snuggie blanket. And she had all of her clothes, her snow pants, all this stuff. And yet she told me she's cold. How how cold was it outside? Like thirty four. Yeah, it was like twenty degrees colder when we went. I think <laughs> or close to so. But uh, it was a good time, and, and we had fun, and we got to see some deer, and she was excited about that, and so it was great. I, I just I love this time of year. I, I do love the colder weather, and uh, getting to go hunting and things like that is just an extra bonus. Yeah. So, how you doing, man? I'm good. That uh, I'm glad you're doing better than we, we normally record Thursdays. But yeah, uh, you were you're having a coughing fit and. Um, allergies, yeah, allergies were kicking your butt. So we got this to work in here Sunday afternoon, right after church and Koinonia. But, uh, I had a great weekend. Alexis and I went to, um, some prayer cabins that we were blessed, um, by, uh, Lisa Jordan and, uh, and her late husband, Terry. And, and so we, we got to go, they, they got us a gift back Alexis's birthday in March and finally got it. She got it planned. And so got to go this weekend, stay in this, you know, little tiny cabin, but was really, really nice there. Spend some time together and, read plan for some some future ministry stuff it was just a it was a good time good breakaway yeah man glad you got to go you don't have to defend it you you need to go you need to be able to take some time and and have a break and spend time with your wife and so i'm all for it man yeah speaking of defending things um today's episode we're going to be talking about apologetics yeah which is spoiler about defending the faith that we'll talk about in a bit so our question today is what is apologetics and is it biblical it kind of sounds weird because apologetics is it has an s on the end and I always fight wanting to say what are apologetics, but it, it is like an is thing. It's it's a singular thing, just with an S on the end. Don't I didn't invent it, so don't ask me why it's that way. But uh, we we got the question on Facebook from Jackie's cousin Dina about the apologetic study Bible. So we're going to answer that and expand on it a little bit. So hopefully you have some clarity as to whether we would stand behind the apologetics study Bible or not. Yeah, shout out to Dina and uh, her husband Josh, and they they were asking about the the apologetic study Bible and they're going through it. They wonder if it was a good Bible. And so said, Hey, let's talk about apologetics. So thanks Dina for the question. Yeah. So defining what is apologetics, the Southern Baptist theological seminary in Louisville, Kentucky defines apologetics this way. Quote, apologetics is the reverent, reasonable and humble defense through our words and through our lives of the hope we have in the risen Christ as this hope has been revealed in his word and in his world. And you can find that on equip.sbts.edu. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. Um, the, the two components, right? It's the Word of God and the world that God has created working yeah. together 
to defend the faith. The, the English word apology uh, comes from the Greek word apologia, and that means to give a defense. So the Greek apologia, where we get our word apology, means to give a defense. So we're not apologizing for being Christians. Uh, apologetics is defending the Christian faith. So apologetics then is the science of giving a defense for the Christian faith. And just a little brief history about apologetics. I think one of the, one of the things we can go back to uh, one one person who's considered sort of the 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 father of of apologetics, which is interesting to consider that because I think the apostles were using this. Paul was using that, so the apostle yep. Paul would probably be the real uh, father of apologetics. But Justin Martyr, uh, one hundred to one sixty five A.D., was a key early church apologist. He wrote two texts called literally the Apology. So that's really where the word is. That, that, I think that's what they call him the father of it. Is he sort of started using those terms, uh, the apologies, and he addressed it to the emperor in Rome defending the Christian faith. Uh, then you had Augustine, a hippo, 354 to 430 AD, was also one of the most famous defenders of the Christian faith. He wrote many texts that answer all sorts of questions. Some of his most famous essays deal with creation as well as the problem of evil. Uh, fast forward uh, about a thousand years into the Reformation, there were lots of apologetics going on during the Reformation, defense of the faith, particularly in, a, in opposition to the Catholic uh, doctrines who, who were sort of in opposition even to what biblical faith is really all about. A more contemporary apologist is C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a lot of good uh, writings on that. I mean, he does more than just the Chronicles of Narnia, which are great, uh, but uh, the book Mere Christianity yep. is a really good uh, book on apologetics. The late and, may I say, defamed uh, Ravi Zacharias uh, was a big name in apologetics. And even though uh, it came out that he was uh, really a sexual abuser and all kinds of things, some of the stuff that he did do in apologetics is pretty good. Um, but there are definitely better sources out there that maybe don't have that same taintedness uh, to yep. the name. Um, but uh, there are a couple good books that, that he wrote, like Jesus Among Other Gods and, and things like that. And you may have you may have heard of Ravi, Ravi Zacharias and his thing was apologetics. Yeah, and some of the most popular apologists today that some of you guys may know or have heard of are people like Ken Ham. Love does Ken a lot, Ham. Yeah, yeah, does a lot with um, Genesis stuff, the flood, creation. Uh, that's kind of I know he's debated Bill Nye the Science Guy before. Twice. That was that was yeah those those were big things because I grew up listening to Bill Nye the Science Guy mm-hmm. and Bill, yeah Bill, Bill and, and his stuff was great. Guy. I had no idea you know I went to a, <laughs> I had no idea who what he was about and all that but. His videos were funny anyways. Uh, but yeah, so Ken Ham, Josh McDowell is another one. He wrote a book called More Than a Carpenter. Yep. Great book. Lee Strobel, um, who's the Case for Christ guy, yep. right? And there's even been a movie. Um, a little bit more dramatizes his story, but is is pretty good. Ray Comfort, who does, I think, is it Living Waters Ministries? Yep. I think he does. Yes, and, yep. and he's he all a- over YouTube and he's, he's got really interesting stuff where he'll just go up to people and it's just street evangelism and he'll ask them to record them. And there's some pretty powerful stuff you see in there. And, and he uses this defense of the faith where he basically just watches wash or excuse me, walks through logically, basically showing people you're a sinner, you're admitting you're a sinner and you need saved. And so his stuff is really interesting. And he has a video out. It's called 180. It's been around quite a few oh, yeah. years, but it's about abortion mm. and how he's trying to convince people of the evils of abortion. And so he walks through people. It's about a 30 minute video. You can find it on YouTube where he walks them through the truth of God's word and using science and reason logic yep. to convince them that abortion is wrong. And most of the people he ends up talking with at random on the street end up doing a 180 and changing their mind on abortion. Yeah, and he has an incredible accent, too. So yes, if nothing else, is fun to listen to. And then finally, William Lane Craig is another uh, big-name guy who uh, will 
basically is is in apologetics and, and all sorts of different that's all he does, topics. Yeah, yeah that, that's his thing. And I know one of our youth, Connor, who well, is not a youth anymore. He's graduated, but uh, he's he's a big big fan of William Lane Craig. He's asked questions on the shows before. So these are these are a few of the the big names out there, but more than just quoting them or looking at them, we want to see what the Bible says about yep. this topic of apologetics. Jackie, kick us off. Yeah, Romans 1, 18 through 20, I think shows us the need for apologetics. It says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So there's this, this truth suppression that's going on. We, the, tr- the truth needs to get out there. God wants the truth out there. And we as Christians ought to want to get the truth out there. So verse 19, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God has made it evident to them. So the question then is, how has God done this? And and uh, this is the whole idea of people are without excuse. Why? It says in verse 20, for the, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. And so apologetics uh, is when, if you go back to that original definition, it's using our um, uh, our words and actions coupled with the word of God and his world to give a defense for the Christian faith. And so this Romans 1, 18 through 20 is affirming that, that, mm-hmm. that the world can be used to point people to the fact that there is a creator, there is a maker, and there are things in this world that can be coupled with the word of God to uh, give a defense yep. for faith. Yeah, and then the the verse that's often used to um, defend apologetics is First <laughs> Peter three fifteen, and it says, "But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect." And so you have it clearly there. We need to always be prepared to make a defense. Absolutely. And you know, I think there's of course this belief like God God is God. He can de- he can defend himself. Right. But for people who don't know the word of God, they need it to be explained to them. They need to know what the truth is and it, it says clearly the hope that is in in you when people are asking, you can give that reason, right? Yeah, I know give the why. We we've heard we've heard the saying that you and I both completely disagree with, which is share the gospel, use words if necessary. Right? <laughs> right. Stupid. And the the point that it's making that I think is good is we should live in a way that is honoring of the gospel absolutely. and so that people can see it but you absolutely have to preach the word because you know says if it people don't necessary. hear how are yeah. they going to how are they going yeah. to know and so there is yes you should be living in a way but also you need to be ready to make that defense and then it even tells us to do that with gentleness and respect which we'll get into you know how how to do this a little bit more later on but i think that's really the the key proof that apologetics is necessary we have to be able to defend what we believe um and because to your point in Romans one, it is defendable. Right? It it's is not, defendable. It's yes. not total blind faith. God has given; He's made it evident through a lot of things, through creation and through all of the the word that that it is defendable. Right? Yeah. Atheism requires more faith yeah. than Christianity. Yep. I mean, really? Yeah. Evolution takes way more faith than creationism yes. as well. You know? Yeah. Um. And so, so we want to make a defense, and, and there's this idea that that not only can it be done. God is commanding us to do it. That's what that passage just read, First Peter three fifteen. He says, "Do this right through 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 the Apostle Peter." But also, people need this. Uh, we need to be using apologetics because we need to have it to give a defense for our own selves, for so that our faith is solid. But there are also people that need us to do that. And so, Second Corinthians ten verse five gets to that, where it says, "We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive." 
to obey Christ. So we want to use apologetics in such a way that it combats the lies of the devil and the arguments that are crafted out there that are not sound with uh, the truth of God's word, logic, reason, and the evidence that we have in creation. We also want to make sure that we're on guard so that we keep our thoughts captive and, and make sure that they're in line with the truth of God's word. Colossians 2.8 says, see to it that no one takes you captive. So we want to make our we want our thoughts captive to Christ, not bound by somebody else or some other philosophy. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world, and not according to Christ. And so apologetics is not just making arguments, but making arguments that are both biblical, sound biblical according to the truth of God's word, and that um, take into account the evidence that we do have in creation so that we're not buying into the philosophies of the mm-hmm. world. And just one other note, Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about, the Christ, about Christ, let us press on to maturity, laying, mm-hmm. not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith towards God. Now, I, I just bring this up as we continue going on in apologetics because I've been, I've heard people before, been part of groups where people are, are scared or Christians are scared of apologetics and deeper doctrines because it's like, oh, well, that, that's divisive or it's hard it's to understand, it's confusing, yeah. and you know it's hard to make science work yeah. with it, and we've talked plenty about that before. But the assumption here through, through sharing the Scripture is that it is important that we do dig into deeper doctrines of God. It's not to grow, say, yeah, yeah we, we don't forget about the elementary teaching about Christ, but the author of Hebrews is saying we need to leave that and press on a maturity. There's more there, right? We, we know that there's the spiritual milk as opposed to the, the solid food uh, principle and so apologetics is necessary and it's good to dig in to know more just like you know any relationship with any person right it, it, with your wife you don't just say okay I, I married you I know these things about you and like that's good enough I don't want to know anymore I, I I know just enough so I'm not <laughs> yeah. confused um, you know part of being a man is being confused by women and, and how they work and, and getting to know them more and so it's the same thing with God we need to dig in so we know God better which helps us have a better defense but also Helps us have a stronger faith. It's kind of like also like showing your work as yeah. you as you like. Mm. I think about math, and I'm uh, you know homeschool, and so teaching the kids math and stuff. And so like right now, Micaiah, she's she's in second grade, and so she's learning, just starting to do a little bit larger numbers and, and math as in subtraction, addition, all that kind of stuff. Where Noah, he's into like you know algebra and stuff, and yep. and so with Micaiah, she can do all the stuff in her head. She doesn't have to show her work yet. But for Noah, as he's growing and maturing and developing and having a more robust understanding of math, he not only needs to show his work to prove that he gets it, mm-hmm. right, but he also has to do the work and do all the to check it and make sure it's all right. And so his he may have one problem but has way more written out, and she has 10 and has very little written out. And so one's more elementary, mm-hmm. right, and the other's moving on to a more maturity. And the same thing is true, true with our walk with Christ when it comes to apologetics. We want to make sure that we have a good understanding of the truth of God so that we can defend it, solidify yep. it in our own minds and defend it to those who also want to know why we believe what we believe. Yeah, that's a good word. So we want to look at some apologetics and action in the Bible, right? So we'll get get along with the narrative a little bit in the Bible that uses this. You brought up Paul being the original apologist. Most yeah. of these are going to focus on Paul. Yep. <laughs> and so we'll start in Acts 17, verse 2, where it says, And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures about the Jews seer. So you have the word reasoned, right? Keyword and, there. And then Acts 18.4 says a similar thing. It says he was reasoning in the synagogue every Sabbath and trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. So there's a use of reasoning logically and scripturally. 
with the intent of persuading people to believe what he was preaching, what he was saying. And so you get this assumption that it's more than just the elementary, although I'm sure that was very much involved, but but more um, to persuade these Jews and Greeks of Jesus is who he says he was and why they should have faith. Right, because Paul's using their history. He's using their faith. He's using real-life events that took place that they all witnessed, right? Mm-hmm. And not only that, but he's using also the transformation in his own life. He's like, you know me. You know how I change, right? So he's using all this to reason and persuade. Uh, Acts 18, 27 and 28 says, and when he had... And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Key words there. He helped them, right? So he helped them by explaining mm-hmm. and uh, reasoning. He refuted. It says he powerfully refuted. So this isn't just like a little bit of a defense. I mean, he powerfully refuted these arguments, and he did so in public, it says, mm-hmm. and then he showed them through the scriptures. Uh, Acts 19, 8 through 10, he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly. Notice that. Uh, that you got to have some courage to do this. Mm-hmm. But he spoke out boldly. And it says he did it for three months, reasoning and persuading. Those are the words you used in the first, uh, or that were used in the first two verses that yep. you read there. And it says he did this about the kingdom of God. But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people, he withdrew from them and took away the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. This took place for two years. I mean, talk about, I mean, that's a lot of commitment. A lot of commitment. So that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And so there's those key words again, reasoning. And he did it daily, this consistency there. And and one little side note too, right? Is is the whole thing where he he that people were hardened and they mm-hmm. were they were sort of maybe antagonizing, attacking, and didn't care at all to listen to any of this, and he left. Yeah, he didn't just keep trying to butt heads. Yeah, that that's like an important point in that in that verse as we're going through this. Is this wasn't? Uh, I mean, Paul didn't waste his time with everybody, right? No. He, he was explaining, he was reasoning, but then it got to the point, like you said these people were speaking evil, they were becoming hardened, right? We, that's not the first time that we see Jews become hardened against um, the, the gospel being preached, or just anybody really in that general, but in that, in that sense. But it says he withdrew from them and took away the disciples. And now, Jackie, you've been in this situation before where people have tried to reason with you, and it may be a repeat customer who has come <laughs> and come with the same stuff, and you've yeah. literally just been like, I'm not having this debate again. It's a waste of time for me. It's a waste of time for you. Because there's there's no there's not an actual heart of yeah. wanting to understand and change. Yeah. So, so apologetics is not um, getting good at arguing. Yeah. Right. It's it's explaining, defending. Um, so you are sometimes there will be an opposition, but you defend it, and that, that means that they're willing to listen. Even if someone's not willing to listen, and they got kind of a they're, they're beating a dead horse, get off of it. Yeah. Yep. And um, you're not helping them. Uh, you you can't. The truth of the matter is, we can't convince anyone of the truth. No. They need the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts and minds. And yeah, there have been several times, even even at church, where someone just keeps beating this dead horse, whatever, maybe it's their pet peeve doctrine, whatever it is, and they just want to argue about it. And I'll give them the time of day um, and listen and give them a chance. And uh, But if they're refusing to listen at all and they don't want to really have a, a, a respectful, uh, God-honoring discussion, then I'm not going to continue it. Yeah, especially and, if it's a second or a third time brought well, up and you've already been through that again. Or, yeah. or whatever. Oh, we're back on this again. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and I think, so Paul exercised wisdom there and he he left them. Um, he, he, he just could tell this is not, 
this isn't helpful. This isn't good for them. Isn't good for us. And so uh, we're going to, and we're not going to waste our time. We, yeah. Why? We, Walking away from argument does not equal losing the argument exactly. or, or not, oh, I didn't do enough for Jesus. Because again, you made that point, we can't change hearts. We can't. That's, I've had discussions with, with youth students and stuff about this. You got to remember, you can't change anybody's heart. That's right. You could give them the best logical defenses. You could do all that. But at the end of the day, people, there were people who saw Jesus again in the flesh or they they and knew that the stone it. was yeah. rolled away and they said, let's cover this up. Yeah. They, yeah. They, like that's as clear as it gets that there's going to be people that are just hardened to it. And so what Paul did, and this is good for us too, when it comes to apologetics is he then chose to go, I believe under the inspiration of the Holy spirit and to use apologetics with people who were open yep. that God had already been working with. God had already been softened in their hearts. So he went to them. You, you should mm-hmm. preach everywhere. But he spent the majority of his time with people who really wanted to to listen. And finally, we see in Jude 1, verse 3, it says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was mm-hmm. once for all delivered to the saints. So you see with Jude, he, he had intention and he said, okay, based on how things are going, I'm changing what I'm going to do. And I'm going to encourage you to fight for the faith, contend for the faith, oh, right? Yeah. Defend the faith. It, exactly. it almost talks about almost like in an offensive way, like you're contending for the faith. We're fighting for that faith, fighting against sin. And so even Jude, just to go off of Paul for a little bit, is pushing the same thing with the assumption that the church, the saints, they needed they needed this reminder. We needed to know that uh, we need to contend for the faith. So, so I think what's important there to make sure that we mention is so far we said, look at Paul, right? Yep. And see what he did. He was an apostle. Um, and, and, and what Jude is saying here, right? Cause Peter says the same thing that yep. you should contend for the faith. So go back to, to Peter and then couple that with Jude here. Apologetics is not just for the pastor, yeah. the preacher, the teacher, the deacon, the Bible study leader, uh, or the apostle, right? Mm-hmm. Apologetics. Every Christian is called to grow in this, to get to the point where we can defend our faith. Yep. And that's what Jude is saying is that you guys need to contend for the faith. You, you need to get involved in a defense of the faith, apologetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And so we also need to be able to use apologetics appropriately, right? That, that's important with anything. Um, and, and so Timothy talk, or Paul talks about that to Timothy uh, about some of the attitudes we ought to have in sharing apologetics that, that yeah. are important um, because we're going to argue, you know, the whole saying, hitting somebody over the head with the Bible uh, is not what, what you want to do. There, there's a few How's other ways to go. go <laughs> or, or how, how does, no, no. <laughs> It, that's it. Yeah, hitting someone with the head. Is okay, not I what was you like, want to, I yeah. think uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard that one. Yeah, I, I like to I like to club people with my Bible. Yeah, yeah. No, just teasing. Um, so yeah, I think first and foremost, just to remind, we have to know the truth in order to share the truth. Yeah. You can't share what you don't know. Yep. So in order to do it appropriately, I think first and foremost, we need to make sure that we know what's right and what's true. Right. So, so mm-hmm. you got to do the work. It's not like the Matrix where you plug into a system and download the program. Into your brain, and right? it would be cool, but yeah, it does not work that way. You can't put the Bible under your pillow, go to sleep, and then think miraculously you woke up knowing it all. Mm-hmm. So that that's a given. Just want to start there, but then we also need to go at it with the right heart. So Second Timothy two twenty four through twenty five, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy says, "The Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach." So there you go. You got to have it, <laughs> but patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading, to, repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. So you need to be redemptive in purpose. The goal of this, right, is, is to, to win them over. You want to see the Holy Spirit work through the truth of the, of the apologetics to bring them to a knowledge of the truth of God. But notice the key words are not quarrelsome. You're not, you're not trying to win an argument. 
right? Um, you, it's not about that. You're wanting to defend the truth, preach mm-hmm. the truth. Be kind to all, even those who are mistreating you, right? Love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Be kind to those. Be patient. And and then the correction is gentle. There's a lot of people that that go at it. Yeah, like you said, beating people over the head of the Bible, they're, they're very abrasive or whatever. That's not apologetics, mm-hmm. right? That's sin. Yeah, it's just being a jerk. That's just being a jerk, yeah. That's not apologetics. Second Timothy 4, 2, Paul then says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebu- rebuke, reprove, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So this idea here is, as you said, we got to be prepared. So be ready in season and out of season, but we need to preach it. And we need to reprove, rebuke, exhort. There's different ways to go about it, different maybe um, degrees in which we're going to go at it. But the key is patience. Mm-hmm. Apologetics takes time. There are a lot of times you're going to make a defense of the faith and people may not believe right away. Yeah. Remember what it said we read there in, in uh, Acts 19. They did this for two years. Yep. Right? So we need to be patient. And remember, it's about, we, why are we doing this? Do we love them and want them to know Jesus and, and know the love of God? Or are we trying to win an argument? Because if you're trying to want to feel smart, yeah, or, yeah. you want to win the person. You don't yep. want to win the argument. Yep. If you win the argument and all the person comes away with is Christians are jerks, you lost. Yeah. Yep, That's not lost. apologetics. And before we get into just some uh, some resources we'd recommend, I want to make one point of caution in apologetics, and and that comes from Revelation two verses one through four, where um, an angel angel of the church is speaking to Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, and it says this. He says, "I know your deeds, and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men, and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false, and you have perseverance and have endured." For my name's sake, and have not grown weary. Great stuff, right? You're right. That's, Ephesus is killing it. They're they're doing they're great at apologetics. But then it says this. <laughs> but I have this against you that you have left your first love. Now, my my point with this is, don't get too caught up in the weeds with apologetics. And I've been there, right? Of proving if I can just prove all this stuff, I can prove, it's, it makes whatever. me smarter. It you know I can win this. But it, if you get too in the weeds with that, you can forget the core truth of the gospel and the primary mission of making disciples. Apologetics can absolutely be used to make disciples, but if we get too wrapped up in those debates, we can forget where we came from and the need to remember God's grace in our own lives and the need to preach that grace to others and show love. That's really that first, losing that first love is is loving others and loving Jesus. And so don't get too caught up in the defense of the faith or in all of the logical uh, you know, arguments that come with that that I absolutely believe the Bible is affirmed by and, and is defendable for. But you can get so far into it and in trying to prove these things that we forget what is even the mission. Jesus didn't say, right. go therefore and, you win know, arguments. Yeah, make and win arguments <laughs> for me. No, he says, make disciples. And if this is a means of doing that, awesome and praise God. But once that, once you get off that track, then you're missing it. And, and we don't want to be like the church in Ephesus where they're doing all these things great, but they forgot their first love. Yeah. And I think it's a good word, Derek. And I think part of that too, is they probably became prideful. They, oh, look at, we're winning these arguments. We're proving these people are false teachers yeah. and all this stuff. And then they start thinking that that's the goal and that's what it's all about. And it's really all about Jesus. And do you love him? And do you want to see other people mm-hmm. come to a real loving relationship with Jesus Christ? And uh, that's the why that's what, that's the why behind the apologetics. If that's not the why, then you need less apologetics and you just need more Jesus. Yeah. Amen. All right. Some, some resources that we would recommend, uh, Ken Ham, we mentioned him earlier, uh, his organization answers in Genesis. Yeah. One um, of my favorite resources. Yes, to look at. absolutely. Wonderful. Uh, anytime you're dealing with, uh, evolution or creationism or age of the earth or any of that type of thing, a great resource. There's a lot of, 
uh, paleontologists and scientists and geneticists and all that stuff that worked for Ken Ham. Uh, so I highly recommend that. Uh, William Lane Craig's Reasonable Faith Ministries is also really good. Um, I don't I don't agree with everything that he says, um, like Molinism, for example. But uh, it's, it's there's there's a lot of really good resources mm-hmm. on that website. So just a heads up there though on the on the Molinism thing. Um, Ray Comfort's organization, uh, Living Waters Ministry, is phenomenal. I really, really like it. And we talked about the 180 video. He also has a, a Bible out. Um, I think it's uh, called the Evidence Bible. Mm, yeah, and so it's like, an apolo- it's like an apologetics Bible. But I have a copy of it. Uh, it's really good. Uh, Pastor Mike Blonick put me on it, actually. Mm. Uh, he, oh, yeah, came, yeah. he came across it. And so I, I really like it. One A new one that I've discovered recently at a homeschool conference that I highly recommend. They have a really good podcast, and then they have a curriculum that's kind of like a college-level course. They have a 101 and a 102. Um, it's called Educate for Life. Um, the guy who leads that's name is Kevin Conover. He has a radio program and a podcast uh, called Educate for Life, and he gets into all the apologetics things. I mean, he uh, he's, he's sort of all over the place in that, but it's very, very good. Highly recommend uh, Educate for Life. Yes, Dina, the Apologetic Study Bible is also a really good resource. Uh, Holman has published them. Uh, I have a copy of the Apologetic Study Bible. It's got a lot of really good commentary and some good resources in there as well. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Derek, Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ, and then Josh McDowell's book, More Than a Carpenter, are also two really good apologetics books that I would I would highly recommend. And there, there are other good resources too, but those are just the ones that I am the most familiar with and that I use the most. Mm-hmm. So to summarize, after looking at the scriptures, it's clear that the study of apologetics is biblical. There's a time and a place for everything, but the defense of the gospel is an essential part of evangelizing and disciple-making. At the root of any debate, we must have faith that God's word is right and true, but it is our duty as ambassadors of Christ to be able to rightly handle the word of God and defend biblical stances in the face of attacks from worldviews that do not align with it. That concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.